0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Adam Olson here from Football and Other Things Podcast. Remember to like us, review, rate, subscribe, follow, email us, footballandotherthings1 at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at FBAOT1, or you can find me on Facebook, Adam Olson. My last name is spelled O-L-S-O-N. Been doing a, a lot of thinking, a lot of just trying to get content together and uh, man, it's been too long. Hope y'all enjoyed the last episode I did where I interviewed my two daughters about the life of a coach's kid. Uh, But now we're back on some football stuff, football and other things. All right. So I just gave you guys a quick reminder about what we're doing as far as the relegation is concerned okay so you have the premier conferences and the champion conferences all right and so now we're gonna go over what a 72 team tournament would look like again i haven't gotten into detail on the champion conferences and i will but i have gone into detail on the premier conferences so episode six i gave you an overview And then episode seven through 12, I went in and I broke down each individual conference. Okay. Then uh, episode 13, I talked about other things. And episode 14, I went over and uh, did the life of a coach's kid. So here we are. We're back on it. All right. So first off on these premier conferences, if you look at what we got going on, there's a ton of rivalries that are either being revived or are allowed to keep their current state. Okay, and and that's important to us, all right? Keeping football regionally relevant and making it so that teams are playing other teams within a regional footprint is really important. So remember now, in this football multiverse, you're going to play the other 11 teams in your conference, all right? So I'm focused right now over here on the left, on the six premier conferences, all right? Which are also we, we can call the power six conferences, okay? And you can see the color coding that I talked to you guys about before, all right? So uh, I wanna talk real briefly about the, the yellow, okay? Which are private schools. Now, if you're yellow, that means you're a private school. If you're purple, that also means you're a private school, but I also promoted you up or promoted you from being an independent. And then if you're orange, That means you're a danger school, so you would be red. You're in danger. You're on my radar for being relegated, okay, downward to the Champions League, all right, but you're also private, okay? And the reason why I've highlighted and made a big deal out of the private schools is if at any point I truly believe that uh, the private schools, there's enough Division I private schools, they could break off from the public schools and actually form their own league. The reason I thought about that is sometimes Private schools are run so differently because they're not state funded that it might end up being in their best interest simply to form their own private league. In Texas high schools, we have this. It's called the UIL, which are the public schools, which UIL stands for University Interscholastic League. And then we have TAPS, which are the private schools uh, or the parochial schools. It stands for the Texas Association of Privates and Parochial Schools okay so uh in, in where i'm from in arizona we also have private schools but there's not enough of the same size private schools to really create a league that would be equal um you have like a Brophy college prep or a notre dame prep in arizona which are big private schools but there's not enough of those size private schools to make it interesting okay and so that's why arizona doesn't really have its own taps league the the, the private schools have to play with the Public schools, which is fine. And then back in Texas, uh, there's a couple of private schools that are not in the TAPS. They're actually in the UIL because that's they desire to play against those uh, public schools. They think that that's in their best interest and that they can compete. And so they do. Either way, it's fine with me. I just thought it was worth noting. Uh, you also can see blue. That's simply the schools that I promoted or are have been traditional group of five schools, but now they're going to be in the uh, quote unquote power six or power five, however you wanna call it. In this multiverse, it's the power six, all right? Uh, And then you have schools that are are red or orange. That means that they're danger schools. That doesn't mean they're gonna be relegated, but what it does mean is they haven't been good enough over the last 15, 20, or even 30 years and, and those are on my radar for schools that would be in danger of being relegated down, probably aren't going to fare great in the tournament or during the regular season. And thus, they're on my radar for being relegated down. If you look at the champion conferences... Uh, there are two teams that I felt were necessary to relegate down simply because I don't think right now in this world that I've created that that administration wants to compete. It's not a shot at the coaches. As a matter of fact, at Rutgers, Greg Sciano is the head coach there, and he was the last coach there where they were actually relevant nationally in any way, shape, or form. So I think Greg Schiano can turn the tides, but the beauty of having premier and champion is simply – you're never completely out. If you're a great champion conference school, then you got a chance of being relegated upward. And if you're not a very good premier conference conferences school, you got a chance of being relegated down. So there's mobility, okay? And, and ultimately, that's what you want. You want some type of meritocracy where you can move up or down. And, and that makes it interesting. The biggest problem that people have with any type of playoff expansion or realignment where you're more inclusive instead of less inclusive, where you're more exclusive, the problem people have is, well, it diminishes the regular season. I just don't see it that way. If you keep, uh, if you keep the, the games, the rivalry games, if you keep those and you introduce games that are regionally relevant, it actually makes the regular season more interesting. Instead of less interesting. And if we're worried about eyes and streams and viewers and everything like that, that's what you'll get. Well, if you want to make the argument, well, Adam, everyone gets into this tournament, so it doesn't matter how they do in the regular season. You're wrong. You're wrong. It does matter how they do because it's all about seeding. And then it's about matchups. And it's about path. What's great about it is you keep everyone's interest. And if you want to say, well, Adam, you're wasting your time because the same 10 to 15 teams are going to win it every year, I don't disagree with you. I actually did an entire episode talking about that very thing. But that's not what a tournament is for. A tournament is ultimately to crown a champion, but we already have a playoff. We're going to expand the playoff from 4 to 12 teams in one year. Okay. So all that a tournament does is it creates more games. And if you say, well, Adam, we already have the bowl games. Cool. So all that we're really doing then is we're giving a facelift to the current system and we're actually not changing it as much as you think. We're simply streamlining a process and making it a little bit more even in terms of travel and in terms of relevance to, to everywhere nationally, this will work. And if someone gave it a chance, if this got enough traction, it's scary to think of just how good it could actually be. If you say, "Well, Adam, we want we leave that tournament to basketball," I'm going to tell you right now, we already have all these bowl games anyway. All that we're doing is creating more. <laughs> and, and so, so now what you get is you get the best of both worlds. You get sponsorships with the tournament. You're actually going to appease more people instead of less people. The the regular season will remain relevant, okay? And you'll get an awesome tournament at the end. And yes, the same 10 to 15 teams are going to be the teams that probably win it. But you will have a butterfly effect when one team that's favored loses somewhere along the line. You'll have that butterfly effect. You'll have that, hey, look, think Oklahoma versus Boise State, however many years ago that was. And think if that had been a playoff game where Oklahoma, the better team, lost to Boise State on that crazy Statue of Liberty play. Think about that. Think about how entertaining that game was. Think about the fact that I'm still talking about it right now. How many of those games do you think you could end up getting if you had a 72-team tournament? You'd probably get at least one of those every year. Every year. Maybe not in the first round. That's fine. Because in basketball, it took... I don't know how many years before a 16 seed beat a one seed. And when the University of Maryland, Baltimore County beat Virginia, the 16, beat the one, the first time in NCAA tournament history, what a big deal that was, right? It's supposed to be a big deal. It's supposed to be special, and it's supposed to be rare. I'm not trying to make it so that more teams have a chance of winning the championship. That's on those teams and those conferences. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create a couple more games. I'm trying to create something interesting. And I'm trying to save the sport as a whole instead of the sport cannibalizing itself where one week we have great games and the next week we have crap games where it's awful and it's the Harlem Globetrotters playing uh, the Washington Generals. And then people are going to complain about like, okay, so we have the Big Ten, right? The Big Ten's going to add UCLA and USC, right? Okay, so we get a USC versus Ohio State matchup. Woo! Yeah, we're jacked about that. That's awesome. And then we get a USC-Indiana matchup. Crickets. Crickets. Because y'all don't want to see that, right? Okay, so so that's what we're getting. Okay, like like adding Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, yes. I love it. I love it. Who wants to see Texas versus Vanderbilt? Who wants to see Oklahoma versus Missouri? Maybe some people, like but at least with that you get some type of regional relevance cuz Missouri and Oklahoma are close neighboring states. And Oklahoma, and, and Missouri belongs in what? They're in the SEC, they got the bag. And when they first got into the SEC, they competed in a down SEC East. They actually won the SEC East. But ever since Gary Pinkle stepped down, okay? Missouri has been mediocre at best. If you put Missouri back in the more of their geographic footprint, you're going to have rivalries and you're going to have a team like a Missouri that's got more of a chance. Because what you're doing is you're dispersing the talent. If you look and see what I did, okay, in the premier conferences, that premier Southeast is still Murderer's Row. I added Clemson to a conference that already has Alabama and Georgia and Florida. And now they also got Florida State. That's awesome. But you know what? We dispersed some talent. OK, we took LSU out and LSU's in the Mid-South now. That's a good thing. We took both the Mississippi schools out and they're in the conference with TCU and Texas A&M. Who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see the fact that Texas and Texas A&M are back together and they got to play each other now? A rivalry that should have been happening, but too much school pride and too many alumni with with their their hands in the pot and too much money getting thrown around and ego and they haven't played the game. you got to play the game now. You're in your geographic footprint, dog. Play the game. You have to play the game. Notre Dame's in a conference now. Who doesn't want to see that? You actually are in a conference, and it's not this faux pas, phony, I'm in the ACC accepting football. No, dog. You are in the Big Ten footprint. You're in the freaking Midwest. So now, guess what? You gotta play Michigan, Ohio State every year. That's what you gotta do. And that's what we want. This is good for college football. Really, really good for college football. So give it a chance, okay? Now, just looking, I haven't I haven't done my deep dive on the champion conferences yet, but if you look at these championship champion conferences, okay, the West, Central, Mid-South, North, and Southeast just like in the premier conferences look through these look through these the two teams that are relegated cal and rutgers if if you belong then then win and move back up to where you belong and prove me wrong look at all these teams that are highlighted green those are potential teams that could move up from the champion conferences to the premier conferences well adam we don't like that you put. Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky should already be up. Tulane. They beat USC, Adam. How did you not put them up? Go look at their track record, folks. And if they're that good, they'll win and they'll get moved up. I want to see it. I want to see another Southern team. Cool. Awesome. All right. We also brought up a bunch of really good FCS teams into this Champions Conference. Because let's be honest. If Right now, if you put North Dakota State or South Dakota State into the MAC, do you think they can compete with and win in the MAC? North Dakota State and South Dakota State. Hmm. I do. I do. I think North Dakota State and South Dakota State, if you put them in the MAC right now, they might either one of them, they might win the whole dang thing. They might. How many, how many guys are those two programs putting into the NFL who are high level, high caliber draft picks and who are good? and productive NFL players that are great college players. So think about that. Jacksonville State, another team, shoot, they beat Florida State a couple years ago. I mean, these are legit teams. So give something like this a chance and look at it and say, man, this could actually be great for everyone involved. Everyone involved. I'm telling you right now, if you look at this, You got the mid-tier teams, the middle of the pack teams, they're going to be like, shoot, man, we got a chance to to level up here. We got a chance to compete, get our fan base on board with this and rise up and get hot at the right moment in a tournament and beat a team or two. I'm not saying that those teams are going to win the championship because right now the way things are, they're simply the haves and the have-nots. And there's a lot more have-nots than haves, okay? But there's 10 to 15 teams, and if one or two of those teams gets upset, you have a butterfly effect, and all of a sudden you might get a team in that wouldn't normally be in. And I love it. I love it. I love the fact that teams from the Champions Conference can rise up and move up, and teams that don't belong in those Premier Conferences can get relegated down. But then guess what? So what if you get relegated down? Regroup, and after three years, move yourself back up. Cool, cool. Like Tulane. You had an awesome year this year, but you were like two and 10 last year. And then you kind of been middle of the pack the the previous three or four years. So let's see if you can keep that energy up and do that and and continue to build and win. Uh, Because Tulane beating USC is a perfect example of something that could happen in a playoff. Okay. And completely butterfly effect change how a bracket plays out. So I love it. Even though in this case, they wouldn't be in the same tournament. You guys understand what I'm saying. All right. Because you're all smart. You are educated people. And so I'm talking about this because I'm passionate about it and I'm passionate about it because I love football, but I want to see the sport thrive and be robust. And this is the way to do it, okay? So go through and look at these teams. Email me, video me, chat me, whatever you want to do. I want to discuss this. I want your thoughts on this. Footballandotherthings1 at gmail.com. Email me or find me on social media, okay? F-B-A-O-T, that's on Twitter, at F-B-A-O-T-1 on Twitter, okay? Find me, all right? Listen to us, we're on Spotify, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, and we're on YouTube. So find us there as well, okay? And I promise you, we're gonna have fun with this because I'm gonna keep going. I am gonna keep going. And I listen, I get some great ideas that I come up with, and then I listen to other podcasts, and those guys have great ideas. And I'll give like I'll give credit to other uh, podcasts, man. Like the uh, the late kick with Josh Pate. I listen to that podcast. I love that podcast. Okay, smart guy. Uh, the Cover Three podcast. Love that podcast. Those guys are are intelligent and they're fun to listen to. Uh, the Menace uh, podcast with Zach Smith. I listen to that podcast. He's a little explicit, but dude has coached at a very high level and he knows what he's talking about. Most of the time, (laughs) and then uh, those are the main three. And, And then I listen to the college football daily podcast, but I'm not, I'm not copying off those guys. I'm trying to create my own original content. And this time of year, a lot of people are talking about the same types of things. So for me, I just want to interact with, with the audience. Okay. So I'm passionate about this. Let me know what you think. The premier conferences, the champion conferences. All right. Uh, Email me, footballandotherthings1 at gmail.com, all right? Uh, Until next time, from the Olson family complex in Waxahachie, Texas, all right, my name is Adam Olson. This is the Football and Other Things podcast. Mom, Dad, I love you. Y'all have a great night.